Hello, everyone, and welcome to another excitable episode of Scene Partners, where it's excitable, apparently. And ex- excitable. It's or excitable. We do another well, exhaustible episode. <laughs> <laughs> I just like excitable. Like that's just you know there's a lot of there's a lot of meetings there's a lot of meetings there. I was gonna say exciting. Exciting. And then like, you're just so ex- I panicked and tired bailed. of saying yeah. that, aren't you? Yeah. Um. Hey, I've got a secret. What's your secret? I've got a secret, Chris. Let's hear it. I went back today, and I listened to the very first <laughs> like episode, episode zero, zero all oh, the way through. No, and I. You know, at first, I thought it was going to be super cringy. I was outside. I was working in the yard. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm just going to put my headphones in. And I'm going to listen to how it all started. Like the very, very first inkling of whatever we were going to do. And, of course, like the sound is T terrible. It's like (laughs) capital T terrible. Um, But, like, in the beginning, I sounded... Even even in the little thing where we did like a precursor to it, we're like, we're gonna do this. I sounded like I was talking like this, like the whole time. It was like all, <laughs> like what is going on with that treble? This is so weird. Yeah, um, it didn't even sound like my voice, but it was it was just it was really neat. Like listening to you know the two of us actually try to figure out what in the world this was to sit down and talk or what we were doing or how it it started how it's going yeah (laughs) but it was just kind of cool because it's i think it's kind of you know for for a while i thought that we would probably need to delete it and maybe that's also why i listened to it again today (laughs) (laughs) how do i take this off but i think it's kind of interesting it's exciting i think there are parts of that episode even though i do think that it is a lot of cringe um, and I don't really think that it would necessarily be entertaining to listen to <laughs> for the most part. Like, I mean, we covered a lot of topics on that first one and we were clearly it was a lot of me just like being like, here's whatever pops into my head. I'm just going to go in whatever direction. Well, originally we were like testing the sound to see what yeah. it would be like. We didn't think we were actually going to be recording it or putting it anywhere. And then we're like, yeah, but I, you know, that's probably pretty good. We could. Uh, yeah, we could. Uh, we, we could, could do, do it. it. <laughs> but I mean, I was it's it's nice, I think, to have something like that. You know, where where now I'm not saying that we're pros or anything at this, but where we've obviously evolved from the beginning. Yeah. And more or less figured out what it is that we're doing. But I think it's kind of cool to have something, you know, this this weird tangible proof of of a process working Mm -hmm. where you like see it in the very beginning and hear the way. I mean, mean, it was kind of exciting when I was listening to it. I was like, oh, I remember this. I remember that feeling of sitting down and. For some reason, being like oddly nervous, even though there was it's just you and I in this room. Yeah. And there's absolutely nothing to be like afraid of. It's not like you're in front of an audience. But and it also feels like it's absol- performative because we have these microphones in front of us. It does feel. Yeah, I, I could see that. But it's also like, you know, if, if either of us make a horribly huge mistake, we could, you know, edit it away. <laughs> yeah. At and- first we were like, hey, we need to get this right the first time. <laughs> yes. And it was, you know, it's just kind of interesting. And one of the things that I really love is that. And now for fun fact, if you don't listen to the end of the show, all those mistakes get put at the end. <laughs> you can't tell people that. They have to earn that. Easter eggs. Um, but no, I think it's really awesome because in the episode, and this is why I really loved it. We both ask each other what it is that we want from the podcast or why we're doing this or what this podcast is. And we just kind of talk about the reason for doing it. And, you know, the main reason that you said was, uh, was you know, because we have no other creative outlet because we, we did it at the time. Yeah. We were absolutely stuck. And so our reason for even starting this was the pandemic. And now, like, looking back on that, because I was, I've, I've been a little stressed lately because of the rise in cases and everything. Mm-hmm. And I've just been, like, you know, really hardcore thinking about that um, because we have a, an approaching show in, like, five weeks four weeks, five weeks, something like that. And I just, you know, want to make sure that we're doing the right thing. And I I don't know. It's just kind of interesting that there are certain aspects that we have changed so much over time. But in reality, we're like still kind of in the same spot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it is it is really cool to to hear that because I think 
people that are creative going into lockdown mm-hmm. and and not you know singers, musicians, and you know painters or artists in any kind of form or facet, you know, having to really be stuck and confined and not being able to go out or to to go travel anywhere to not be inspired by other things like we talked about when we went to Charlotte mm-hmm. seeing that tree that was in that restaurant and having that sort of inspire a design choice that we're making like in Mockingbird now yeah it, having all of that kind of like locked away and you know our art form is definitely performance based and you just feel like you're lazy yeah, and there's something inside that has to escape, and you're, you're not doing anything. Yeah, aching for it too. Well, yeah, and I just, I really or love maybe, that. Let me not speak for you. That was no, <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. I just, I, I, I just really love the fact that even though it's kind of hot garbage that we have it because it's, it's kind of like a, a nice little reminder every once in a while, like, oh, this is why we do this. Yeah, and that's kind of nice. And you know, you did like actually give me one compliment in it, and I really. I, I forgot about that. And I was like, hey, hey, got a compliment <laughs> on record. <laughs> but, you know, it was also interesting, too, because we spent this weekend or the past two weekends really almost feeling like we're playing catch up because we have been going to see all of our friends in shows. Yeah, it seems like, you know, um, and, you know, in a sense, I kind of. Like I was so happy, and I I have no reason to complain about having to go see or getting to go see a show, you know. Yeah. Um. But at the same time, I I kind of said this to you last night. I was like, I kind of am mournful of my um my my private time, <laughs> you know, <Yes>. like <laughs> like being able to be home and the expectation that. You know, there isn't anything going on. No one can do anything. So I'm not like letting anyone down by not showing up to something. Yeah. So I, I just it, I, I kind of am already like, all right, make sure that even though, you know, we're doing rehearsals and our friends are putting on these shows and we want to make sure that we go and we support them. And, you know, whatever it is, if it shows or if it's, you know, going to the art gallery for their art you know, opening or whatever it is. We just still have to make sure that we're still making time for, you know, our friends and family. Yeah. And that that is still it's just a it's such a hard balance for me. Well, because, you know, before everything locked down, we were both kind of like on separate tracks and similar mm-hmm. at the same time. But we were both so freaking busy all the time. Yeah. And. I would always relish in those days where I could stay at home. Right. And kind of like I told you yesterday, (laughs) I was sitting there and I was like, I'm going to be lazy today. And Mm -hmm. that lasted all of about 10 minutes. Right. And then you end up getting up and. Yeah. It's like I, you know, having to remind ourselves, especially with lockdown and everything that take time to work on your mental health, to, to reflect on what is important and that, you know, the reason why, you know, going to see these shows that our friends and fellow castmates and everyone are doing is to support them. Right. I mean, well, you have to support the things that you love. Yeah. And I, I do really feel like that you can't like I can't ask people to come and see a show that I'm doing or, you know, that our company is doing. Yeah. Or listen to our podcast or whatever it is and and not go and do the same thing in turn. Like mm-hmm. that doesn't make any sense to me. So I just. I, I don't I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be like to find that balance. But, you know, I also have never like asking people to come and see a show that I'm in or that I'm producing or directing or whatever. That's always been very awkward for me because I feel like I know what it's like to not want to go see a show like they're just shows I don't <laughs> like, you know, and no, it's yeah, not that like, yeah, it's not that. I don't want to go see like this particular person in the show. I just don't like the show. I've yeah. seen it. I don't like it. I'm not You'll interested in it. You'll never see me at another production of Cats ever. I'm not. I don't want to see Cats. I don't want to see another or be in another production of Godspell. <laughs> I don't care. Yes. I don't care if it has Celine De- Dion in it. I was going to say De Freaking On, <laughs> but I knew it wasn't going to work. <laughs> <laughs> I bailed so hard. You, you like bailed. Celine de freaking on. And, and it know? sounded like you had a stutter. Celine de on. <laughs> but I don't care who's in it. I don't want to go see it. Yeah. I just don't care. Like, I don't need to see it ever again. I don't need to see Susical ever again. I don't need to see these things. 
And people keep producing them. And then I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to have to go see, you know, Seussical the Musical for the 12th time. But see, I think it's more of a recency thing because in our area, people want to perform things that are going to sell tickets. Right. And I and I understand that. And yeah, it's just seeing the same shows over and over. It's like how much it's kind of like you were talking with Peter Pan. How much can we iterate upon these things? Yeah. How many times can we tell this story? Yeah. In our air in our area. And why do we keep telling the same stories over and over again? I mean, some of it is just fun. I will honestly never get tired of seeing Peter Pan, but I love that show. Yeah, that's different. And it's like has a like a sentimental thing with me. Susical, I don't care. I yeah. don't care about it. I hate well, it. Well, I think the difference it's is a stupid show. <laughs> it's so dumb. None of it goes together. <laughs> well, that's the difference right there. What you're talking about is that I think that Peter Pan like people don't realize that stories are basically soul food. And like we crave to learn, to hear, to to have these stories told. It's why books have been, you know, written for centuries. It's why storytelling is, you know, like the oldest medium and form of like entertainment in that way. And I think when we have something that's like Peter Pan and it is this linear story of of, you know, you've got everything. You've got action and flying and pirates and lost boys and mm-hmm. and humor and all of these things, whereas Susical and and this is really my big thing with cats is that nothing is connected. There's no plot. The yes. only plot in that entire show was made up by the original cast. Yes, and it's for some reason stuck. And it's and paper the only thin people that at know best. That plot are the people <laughs> who are in the show. Yeah, as someone who's just watched it, I'm sitting there thinking they're just singing about their names. I saw some people post some stuff about them in rehearsals for Cats, and they were posting rehearsal like back behind the scene videos or whatever. I was like, who? This is what you chose? Yeah. Like, you're coming out of the pandemic. You're like, you know what the world needs? Cats. We need cats dancing. I mean, we didn't need it before. We don't need it now. We especially don't need it now. People's mental health can't take that crap. I mean, leave it. (laughs) Throw it out the freaking litter box. The live action film isn't like proof enough to be done. They made it into a movie. You want to see cats stay at home. And be miserable alone. Don't make everyone else miserable. (laughs) Like, don't invite people to misery. Stay home and do it on your own private time. But don't be be in cats and then invite me to come see it. Like, why do I have to do that? (laughs) Go dig out your old VHS. I'm sorry. You just, you royally pissed me off. (laughs) How dare you? Anyway. What, what I'm saying is that storytelling, like we, we crave to have good uh, stories told to us. And I think when there's something that is so disjointed like that, that it doesn't really resonate as well with us. Look, everybody has their taste and we should be respectful of that. You were so disrespectful. <laughs> of I know. I could like hear like a certain group of our friends screaming as I was saying all that. But that is legit truth. I just do not understand Really, anything that Andrew Lloyd Webber has ever written. Yeah. And I'll agree with that. I do really want to see, speaking of Andrew Lloyd Webber, um, I do Starlight really Express. want to see, no, I want to see Phantom at the Grand Ole Opry, the country version. And that is <laughs> not a joke because it isn't a real thing that exists. You can get the rights to it on Music Theater International. Come on. Yeah, I saw that the other day, and I was like, this is a treat, and who has done it? Someone has had to do it. Like, it's either the best thing in the world. It just has to be making fun of Phantom, right? I mean, surely these people didn't do it in any sort of real way. I, I like, No, I know. You I can't, can't say it, because I think the... No, I just... I can't I, wrap my mind around it. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's kind of like the, the sequel that he wrote to Phantom <laughs> of the Opera, where Christine <laughs> yes. is like, you know... He writes her a special letter to come perform at his failing theater on Coney Island. <laughs> and that- she does it. <laughs> oh, you abducted me and tried to you know, kill my, my boyfriend at the cemetery. Sometimes um, it's okay to leave so stories where they are. I'm going to go to your theater on Coney Island and try to rescue you from bankruptcy. <laughs> the sequel. <laughs> like, just don't, don't understand. I love it. You should just go to bed. He does, you know, speaking of Sir, Sir Andrew, 
so whatever. He um he was posting not too not too long ago actually because he has written his own version of Cinderella. Uh, was I talking to you about that? No. Apparently, it's a little bit more modern telling of it, um, and the music is, I'm sure, incredibly repetitive. I'm making com- total like assumptions. I don't know. Cinderella, yeah, I just imagine they're going Cinderella, Cinderella. Cinderella. <laughs> Jesus Christ, superstar. Go go go, Anyway, so many things. They're just going to repeat the title of the show. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure at some point in Cats, they just start saying Cats. <laughs> cats. <laughs> anyway, so he wrote this, and it was supposed to be uh, it was supposed to be opening on the West End, and they got <sighs> to the point where they were nearing the opening and then I think someone within their cast got like tested positive for uh, the like one of the variants COVID, and they shut the show down and then with all of the new guidelines I think that were coming out of their government for the theater Andrew Lloyd Webber like took to to Twitter and just started basically just bashing everything that was going on and because I will say this, I mean, he has from the very beginning of this pandemic, he's given a lot of money and he has been like trying desperately to get, you know, stuff back up and going again and being very supportive of the people that are doing his shows and that kind of thing. So you got to give that to him. He just can't write a play, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> good on you. But anyway, so they, they ended up having to close it and they had the full cast and everything. And then he was basically just talking about the heartbreak of. You know, here we had this brand new show that I was bringing up and I had employed. I mean, it was very sad. It was like over 200 people. Wow. And he said, now all of these people are just out of a job. Yeah. Because it's been made impossible for us to do our job. It's very sad. I mean, there's like a strange thing. Like, do you complain about not being able to do theater i mean i felt that way from the beginning it's very difficult for me to complain about the fact that we don't get to go play pretend and tell stories you know whenever there are so many healthcare workers that are working you know 80 hour weeks 16 hour days Mm -hmm. and they can't sleep and you know they're so overwhelmed and there just doesn't seem to be any end in sight which is what's been going on in louisiana right now I mean, our hospitals are like bursting at the seams, right? You know, and they, they don't have their ERs are full. I mean, yeah. and it's happening more so now in our area than it did the last time. Yeah. That this was spiking. And we're rehearsing a show. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I do, I am very positive about things. I did have this kind of like thought today. I was like, you know, no matter what happens, like, we're going to end up doing this show eventually. Yeah. And I just can't obsess or think about it 24-7 about whether or not it's going to happen. I just yeah. can't. I just can't do it. Um, but, anywho. But it is, it is, you know, to further your point there, it is hard to separate, you know, when we've done so much work already in, you know, tearing down pallets and, and you know, sort of pseudo building the set before we bring it on and mm-hmm. all the, the groundwork that people have done with their characters. And now we're seeing the, the show we're, we've like seeing the mold of it. And to, to have that sort of ripped away, like sort of like Andrew Lloyd Webber show there, it's very right. difficult to see something about to come into fruition. Well, and you also and having think it about ripped away, just, you know, he's not only see, he's put a, he's very much monetarily invested, even though I got to tell you, he's got it. yeah he can handle it um but he he also like you know wrote this music even though i may not like it i'm sure he's passionate about it and um i'm hardcore judging this show just because i haven't heard any of the music (laughs) like i just know he wrote it and i'm like i'm gonna hate it um but you know some people like it and that's great for them Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm mm-hmm but it's got to be very difficult to be that far along in the process. And, you know, we went and saw um, one of our, our local community theaters performance of uh, Unnecessary Farce. City Park Players here in town did a, uh, a production of Unnecessary Farce that they have been putting off for, I think, almost almost a year now. 
like or actually over a year because they were about to open. I think I think uh, their director Jim Weinzettel told me that they were ten days away from opening their show. Oh wow! And you know we were heartbroken and we had just done one <laughs> read through table read. Yeah, they were ten days away from opening and that happened and so they had to like postpone and I don't really know. I I should have probably asked him how many of his cast were actually like original to the original you know version of their show that they were doing um that ended up performing it this weekend but i mean it was really nice i mean it was really cool one because we got to go to the theater where we'll we will also be yeah you know hopefully performing our show and so it was kind of neat seeing it and then thinking like oh okay okay so this is where this is going to go and i remember this and now this makes a little bit more sense so that was kind of nice but it had nothing to do with them so sorry but um (laughs) But it was cool being able to see these people that have been waiting for so long be able to, you know, finally tell and and produce this show. I'm sure that it felt very much like a a, a closing of of a book, you know, that they've been writing this long, long book and they finally got to finish it. You know, it's just it's just got to be I just I'm looking forward to that feeling <laughs> yeah i think it's also like because we, we went to see um godspell the previous week mm-hmm. and i was incredibly jealous even though i have no desire to perform that show ever again he said while wearing a godspell t-shirt i have like 10 of these shirts man <laughs> um <laughs> but the to, to see all of those people up there performing it, it just made me so anxious to get back onto the stage yeah just to just to tell a story again. I'm it is really very hard excited to sit that. in the audience as a you know as somebody who loves to perform or do theater. It's so hard to sit in the audience and just enjoy a show mm-hmm. and not constantly think like kind of have FOMO. Like oh man, I kind of wish I was up there. Yeah, know, doing this. Like I wish I would have <laughs> been in this. Most of the time, I think I wish I would have been in this one scene. I don't want to be in the rest of the show. I just yeah. want to be a part of this one thing that happened. I'd perform all for the best for you with you again. Yeah, I would do that. I would do that. Would be the only thing I'd want to do from that show again. Not that I could remember that dance, but still. Yeah, I mean, it would be nice to think that we could, but that's been it's it, there's too much too much water on the. <laughs> Too much weight has been gained by Chris. Yes, we would. We, <laughs> the amount of sweat. It would be a very wet floor. Yes. <laughs> no tap sounds that would come from it. You know, while it was kind of interesting. While watching that show, I started thinking about um, the importance of knowing your theater history. Yeah. And this was kind of something that I wanted to talk about last time. But when we sat down, I just kind of launched into that equity business so yeah, there was hard. There nothing on the whiteboard that was spoken about. You yeah, just I launched looked, I looked at off. the board and I was like, Dude, I don't have to erase anything because we didn't speak about <laughs> any of this. Not a thing. We didn't talk about anything. Yes, but we I didn't. did want to talk about. <laughs> you know, I'm trying so hard whenever you talk to shut my mouth because that's the one thing that hopefully, as we go forward, I will continue to get better at. I'm just letting you. It's just speak. funny. I, I doesn't bother me one bit. I think it bothers you a lot more than it will ever bother me. It does. You have valid thoughts. And this is not the first time we've had this conversation, (laughs) which means I need to do a better job of growing. Anyway, you were saying. Um, I just think that it's very important to know your theater history. And, you Mm -hmm. know, originally, like when I took theater history class at school, I was like, I mean, this is cool. I love history. I love theater. This is such a, this is neat. But like, do I really need this? And I really just thought, wouldn't it be better if I was in an acting class? Wouldn't that be really where I need to be? Of course, then I wouldn't be a a very well-rounded performer. Yeah. Um, but that's what I was thinking at the time because I was young and it seemed like everything that I did was a waste of time. <laughs> um, I would like this insular yes. sort of, uh, I would like this education. to be given to me and yes. then I would like the accolades, please. <laughs> Thank you. I've worked not very hard, but I want you to tell me I did. We'll, we'll have a little, uh, ceremony at the end of this season. I'll get <laughs> yeah. you a little trophy. Thank you. I appreciate you that. You did it. You did that one theater history class that one time. <laughs> Um, but you know, there's, there are so many aspects in theater history and the ways that like things that you almost want to, um, acknowledge, like almost tip your hat to. And then I think there are also things that we need to let go. And this was something that I was thinking about this last, actually yesterday, 
Um, because I went with I went with my family and we had gone to um, we had gone to Natchez, Mississippi, actually, which is not that far away from us. Yeah. And we were touring this really old home. And, you know, there are parts of it that I can appreciate, but the entire time I just could not get over. And I had this conversation with my mom. It's like, I just can't walk through here and not constantly think about the fact that these people enslaved other human beings. Yeah. And in order to get this and whereas I can appreciate the beauty of the building or whatever, or I, I can't look at that, you know, that weird fan that's over their dining room table that has a rope attached to it that goes to the other side that was pulled by a slave to keep the flies off of their food. You know, that that to me, I'm like, this is we should burn this place to the ground. It's like all that I yeah. think in my mind. I'm like, these people, like, we should not keep their name. Like, we don't want to remember these people's names. Like, what are you talking about? Like, it just the makes owner's me... owner's names. Yes, Let's, that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah, the owner's names. I don't want to... Like, the whole tour was about these... the Like, the, the people who paid for the architect to do this building, you know? And it was like, these are the things that they did and how much wealth they accrued. And it was like, well, they didn't actually accrue any wealth. All of that was credit. Yeah. And the credit were human beings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were assets. So I, I'm not, I'm, I don't, and our tour guide actually, it was kind of irritating me because she almost at one point in time made it seem like it wasn't it so sad during the Civil War when, these assets were taken away from them and they were penniless. And I was like, <laughs> nah, brah, it wasn't. It was not, there's no sadness here. You mean the, they get to keep the house yeah, and the land? They, they kept the house just not the and people. the land. <laughs> and they lost their slaves. Yeah. So I'm not super upset for these people. You know what I mean? Anyway, it was, but I was, as I was walking through there, I was just thinking about, you know, the history that we want to tell and that, you know, that we want to like put out there and show other people and then the history that we need to know, but we don't necessarily need to, you know, hold up a, in, with reverence. Yeah. What, what, I, I don't know what exactly what I didn't necessarily mean to jump into this plantation conversation. <laughs> it was just, I feel like it kind of leads into this knowing your history, knowing your theater history, because, you know, if you don't necessarily know where some things originate, then whenever you start to do things on stage and you may be doing them ignorantly, when some people see it, they're going to see it in the light of what it originally was. Yeah. And it almost seems like ill intent. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, it's like the, um, it's like the, it, it's, it's like Disney, like, you know, Disney was alive forever ago and uh, like whenever he started out and the things that he produced you know, we had this conversation. Now they have stuff like a little disclaimer before some of their cartoons that play yeah. because they're like, these are not the views that we hold now. We just, you know, we respect the history of it and also know that we are moving forward and creating new content mm-hmm. that, you know, uphold our beliefs of today, um, which is great. But, you know, that's like why Mickey Mouse wears white gloves. Do you know that? I assume for animation purposes, but no, no, it's not animation purposes. He wears white gloves and so does actually all of them, but it started off with Mickey because it, it harkens back to minstrel shows, mm. which are whenever, you know, white people would dress up in blackface and basically, you know, perform as African-Americans on yeah. stage, like very stereotypical, very like damaging to that race. And then it got to where minstrel shows were so popular in the United States that, you know, black people started putting on blackface and performing. Yeah. And like literally doing the makeup of what a minstrel show was. And one of those things was, were these white gloves. It was kind of like this whole outfit that kind of came about. And so that is why Mickey Mouse wears those gloves because it's kind of like a, a little like tipping their hat to minstrel theater mm-hmm. at the time. Um, and and I, I like saw there was, you know, we watched a production where there is an act in it that, that is supposed to represent like old theater and vaudeville and it's a soft shoe and everybody came out with white gloves, a cane and a hat. And I was like, Oh my 
gosh. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Yeah. Like, there are certain things that we just don't need to do. And it's just amazing. And it's, I'm not saying that, like, everybody in the theater, I probably was the only one <laughs> that was like, ugh. I that think most people would most taste. likely associate that with like the Fred Astaire type of days. Except they that's were. not what this was. It wasn't like they were doing, you know, it, it's, it's, a, and I understand what you're saying. I'm not trying to fight you on I'm, it. Just the general audience would think yeah. that. It's just in the particular style of this dance, it's not Fred Astaire. Yeah. It's vaudeville. It's, you know, old, old time, like slapstick mm-hmm. comedy theater where they would have been doing this type of thing. And I just, I, I don't know. I just, I look at that and I think, you know, there's got to be someone else in here in this theater that knows that this should not have happened. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm putting too much importance on it, but I just, I, I don't know. I just, I think that, I think it's great to know your history, but I also, and, and respect all aspects of the history or whatever. But I think there are certain things that just need to not happen. Yeah. And I think that's one of it. It's kind of like, since I talked about plantations a little earlier, it's kind of like how the plantation in it's outside of Baton Rouge. And I think it's Magnolia. It might, it's not Myrtle, maybe Myrtle. I think it is Magnolia. Magnolia. Okay. Well, like there, I saw that they posted, like they posted something on, uh, on Facebook that was basically like, stop asking us to have your wedding here. We will not have your wedding, but we will, we will let you come and tour this facility, this place, but we're not going to have a celebration of, of life in a place that took so many lives yeah, and where people were enslaved. And, you know, it's kind of like we were talking, that's like getting married. Like, I don't understand why people would want to get married on a plantation. Sure. It's really pretty. But in my mind, I'm like, that's like getting, having your wedding reception at Auschwitz. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it just like, doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Like, you're not going to do that. Yeah, no. Like, how can you, like, I, I just don't understand that. Like, I think, yeah, Lexi and I got married, and it was it was beautiful. And, and I know that there's pain and death in most things. Like, whenever you really start looking into the history of mm-hmm. any building yeah. or whatever, let's, you know. But, like, we're, I, I just can't imagine looking into her eyes trying to say these vows or, you know, whatever, talking about how much I love her, and then realizing that I'm standing on something that somebody was forced to build and wasn't paid for yeah and were owned i just, I just imagine you standing there and it's time to give your vows and you just say look i'm having a really hard time with separating <laughs> <laughs> the slavery aspect yes and our wedding so we're gonna need to leave <laughs> so that we can if, finish if this. we could do this across the street not on this property that'd be great but i do just think that it's a really important thing to you know just before you start making decisions of things that you're going to throw into a show that you actually, you know, really do your research. Yeah. And why, like, you know, knowing why you make certain decisions or why decisions were made in the past is very valuable. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, and that, and I understand that like the white gloves thing is not as big of a deal. It's, it's just that, you know, you have to know the reason for things. Yeah. And you sometimes whenever you do things just haphazardly and you're like, Oh, this is just the way it's always been done. You have to question like you need to do your own research and you need to question it and figure out why do we do this? And is this something that I actually want to be putting out there? Because when I see, you know, certain things be put up on stage, I immediately think, oh, that is how this person thinks and feels. Yeah. And it may not be. I would challenge what you just said with most people in community theater. Don't know much of the history. Right. Things. And I think that there is a lot of I can do this, so I'm just going to go ahead and do it. Right. And well, sometimes no, like, it's also the easiest, it's the easiest option ways out. Yeah. And I also understand that. Oh, visually, this will look great if you wore gloves. Sure. It's like, right. <laughs> yes. Well, it's kind of like, you know, I was in a production one time um, and in this show, there were there were only three african-americans in the show and at one point in time one of the uh one of the roles is like the director hadn't even thought of it one of the roles that uh was and this was so long ago i can't even i I honestly don't even remember any of these people's names 
but um, had one of the guys. It was a, it was in it was a Shakespeare, and they had one of the characters brought down because they weren't delivering a message. And it says in the play that the messenger is whipped, and so he had the the older black gentleman brought down stage and was being whipped by a white guard. Nope. And it was like, what nope. are you doing right here? Do you not understand nope. what you have just done? Like you have just you have just thrown this into a very different direction. Yeah. And you know, that is one of those moments of being like, oh, you know what? You you clearly are looking this looking at this through the lenses of your own white privilege in a sense, because you know that anybody that's in the audience, that's a person of color is going to be like, <sighs> yeah, you feel the atmosphere change almost exactly. when that happens. But since this was a, a white male that was directing it, he, you know, was able to look at that and be like, I don't understand. Well, yeah, this person is playing this character in the, you know, in the screenplay, it says that he like, gets whipped. So it took not just me, but a lot of other people to say something to make that, stop <laughs> it would be one and person be tells changed. me something i change it yeah and it was just kind of I, I think back to that and i'm like you know just even that moment it's just so ridiculous that that was not thought of beforehand and i think that's that is one shortcoming of and it's not just community theater it's in all aspects of theater i mean laziness kind of is a goes into play a lot of the times yeah of I'm doing this just because it works and I didn't have time to work on this and it's just what we're doing. It's like, but you have to think of the reason because you're literally putting something up on stage. Like you are commanding someone's attention. Yeah. And you're drawing that attention to this. And what is it that you're saying? You know, what is it that you want them to leave the theater thinking? Yeah. Is it, you know, that that director is clearly racist? <laughs> or... That they just are so ignorant that they didn't understand that what they were doing was racist. <laughs> I, th I think that's typically more of what it is. Like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. I mean, I just think that, and, and it's not always about racism. That's not necessarily what I'm talking about. I mean, I am thinking an awful lot about racism here this, say, last, because, pe yeah, this we're, last we're, year and, and we're Mockingbird. We're doing Mockingbird, and it's hard not to like see it sort of pervading so many things mm -hmm. in the lifestyle down here right. and in the way that a lot of people think and and act and the way that some people still speak. Well, it's just the terrible romanticization of the old South that I don't understand. Yeah. I'm like, one, they didn't even have air conditioners back then. Like, you, <laughs> that's where you want to be. Like, this was a terrible place to live without an air conditioner. I mean... With an air conditioner, my house run with that air conditioner running all day in August is never going to get below seventy six degrees yeah. because it can't. Well, in defense <laughs> of that, it's houses so were hot. built for breeze waves. I don't even care <laughs> what you're saying right now. It's hot. Yes, it is hot, 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 and horrible things were happening. Yes, and it's kind of like I don't need to romanticize that. No, -uh. like that. I just don't understand that. Like people are thinking, oh, we need to go back. Like I hear so many people say, this country is going in the toilet. We need to go back into the old days, the way things were. And I was like, oh, whenever you used to, you be able to drink out of your own water fountain. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> that's you know what, what you liked. I that read was something better for you. I read something recently that's like every person always thinks that, like. Every generation has always thought, well, this is like going my generation down to, is. Yeah. Yes, of course. And the generation before that and the generation before that. And you can like sort of see it in those old. I'm talking like Ben Franklin political cartoons, right, mm -hmm. where they were thinking those same things. And it's like people have always thought this is the end of days all right, the time. All the time. I mean, they didn't have climate change like we do, but yes. Or they weren't aware of it, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we, we now have tools to measure our damage right. to the environment. And anyway, I didn't necessarily mean to jump down this extreme rabbit hole, but it has just been, you know, just in my brain mm -hmm. a lot. It's just kind of what I've been thinking about. And I do think that a little bit is, of it is about the show. And then I'm sure that I have some kind of weird 
guilt associated with it also because I just feel like, you know, why are people this way? And you weren't born Catholic. And I was born Catholic. <laughs> I, I don't know. But I just think that it's important to know why you do things. Mm-hmm. And I think that people just do stuff sometimes and they don't even they have the, you know, the the privilege of not actually understanding or thinking about what that's going to do to other people. And I just think it's selfish. Yeah. And that it should stop. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that that's that's about it. So just, you know, before you make a decision, before you're going to perform something, <laughs> I would hope that you would be passionate enough about what you're doing that you actually think about the way that it that it looks. Yeah. Because that's your job as an artist. Unless the only the only exception to that is if you are making a commentary on that thing specifically. Well, of course, if it's like a satire or you're like literally trying to show, you know, the the opposing whatever. Yeah. But if you're making a decision and you don't even understand the reason for why you're making it, then you should probably make a different decision or research it. Yeah. I just think that, you know, you as like we have such a um, we have such a. uh responsibility as artists to make sure that we know the stories that we're telling Mm -hmm. and the reason why we are telling them and by putting certain things in our shows we need to we need to think about what the reason is well that's kind of like in the exonerated at the very beginning it tells you do not research these people because it's not the focus we don't want to bring you know drag them back into the limelight yeah even though this is a documentary play yes that you're talking about but um, we 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 want to tell their stories because that's the focus of what's happening to bring their your energy to their story yes we don't want you to try to you know, mimic what who they are, which mm-hmm. is basically what we want to do with every show. Like when people, when actors tell me, like, "Oh, you know, I I was um I was researching this monologue for acting class, and so I watched these YouTube videos, and these people were making different decisions." It was like, "No, of course, yes, <laughs> that's of course the, they were. That's our job. That to is make a different literally decision. like everyone is different. They're going to come at it from their own angle. That is why we perform." The reason why, and it's always, I try not to immediately get irritated because, of course, people don't know. But it's like you, you're you doing this. The reason why I gave you this monologue or, you know, that you are you got this role is because there's something in you that lends itself to this part. And mm-hmm. I want to see what that is. I don't want to see you recreate somebody else's thing. I'll just I'll just watch that. Yeah. And like <laughs> when you watch something like that, it's it's hard to not let it sort of change and morph what right. you're doing. And if you do that, if you watch someone else's performance, then your performance is not going to be honest. Yeah. Like there's no way that you can make someone else's decisions. I mean, it's hard enough. You're making other people's words your own. Mm-hmm. It's hard enough to do that. And now you're going to try to make these other people's decisions that aren't rooted in a real place. And uh, that's not, that doesn't work for me. It, and it, you, you, it's, it's funny because you can watch it and then you immediately lose whatever was working before Mm -hmm. and then they're mimicking something else and you know i think you and i maybe are more attuned to it but like for some reason you you can tell when it's not honest oh yeah is what i mean yeah you can yes to take the the shorter walk the non-walker walk (laughs) the walker way yeah, no, you the took, non-walker you took a different way. route. Yeah. Is that just because you keep glancing over there at the time? No. And you're like, remember when we were going to go through a like, lot of I could of those pad this out. Things? I could, uh, you know, put some prepositional <laughs> phrases in it, but I don't need to. I just sometimes, like I worry, it's, it's hard to talk about some of these topics because one, you just know that there's going to be somebody in town that's going to listen to it and they're going to get upset with what you're saying. And I think somewhere along the way, I just realized that we should be having these conversations just because it's uncomfortable. Like you should be challenging the way that you, I mean, I try to challenge the way that I think. But you, and yeah, feel you want to grow. You want to, you want to learn new things. And like, I think we should all be doing that. Hey, you're wrong. Well, tell me why I'm wrong. Yeah. Tell me why I'm going to listen to it. Yeah. And I'll think about it. I don't. And that's one thing that I've, I've found kind of interesting here over the past couple of years if somebody tells you something and you do not have an immediate response because you may not know the answer, then you're dumb. Yeah. And you don't know it. You don't know the things that they know and they win. It's like, well, I didn't realize that we were in a competition. Yeah, it, It's not a competition, but people are so like married to their biases. And I don't understand that it's at like, all. I, I'm not repeating 
something that I heard someone else say. Yeah. I'm telling you something that I heard that's a fact, which is seems to be very different than an opinion. <laughs> yes. But here lately, those lines are being blurred real hardcore. Yeah. Opinions are now like narrative facts. And it's just like, I, what's it's literally like, happening? hey, be like, hey, climate change is real. Well, that's your opinion. Yeah. Uh, uh, no. We live. This is what's so <laughs> insane to me. We live in the information age right now, and people are less informed than they've ever been. Yeah, because they're all listening to you know Mike Schnepsies. Schnepsies is his last name, and they went to school together in high school. Mm-hmm. And he is well. He knows smart. more He's than you know, smart. say like medical professionals, right? Ugh. ugh. Um, or scientists. Hey, I was kind of curious. Um, how do you think this new podcast format of releasing every two weeks is going? You know, it's interesting because I had the same thing that happened to you. People are like, hey, am I not seeing it in the feed? Have you guys like given up the podcast or I'm not seeing it as often? And that's been really cool because there is a desire there. Yeah. And then you get to have nice that conversation. That people are listening in a sense but also i'm kind of like you know we talk we talked about it yeah so did you listen <laughs> are we just white noise in the background I'm pretty sure that we sound we like tv in the 80s after 12 <laughs> o'clock it's just static <laughs> all right here's the national anthem i'm sorry we literally ran out of program this is now just going to be a telethon with jerry lewis we should do a telethon um, well, anyway, I just think that it, I, all of whatever I just said was was what it was. Mm-hmm. But I think it, I think that what I want to leave with is that it is important to know the reason why you are making the decisions that you are making. I love that you asked me, do you like this new format? And then felt the need to circle back. I just back. needed to swoop back there. I needed <laughs> to say that. And now we can jump back into where All we right. Were. How do you feel about the new format? I really like the new. I really I really do like it. I think because now I, I look forward to this a little bit more. Which yeah. is also why. I mean, I've always loved doing this. and I, But I, I think that it is true. You know, whenever your, your passions become like a, a job. Mm-hmm. And you're anchored to it. And there's, it's. When you feel trapped in something, you're no not gonna enjoy it. Anymore. Yeah, it's not like, oh my god, we have to do this, and we said that so many times. Mm-hmm. And we're getting to the stage now where we get to do this again. I think. Yeah, and that's nice because it's also you know just like everything else, art has to change. Mm-hmm. So, um, and like you said too, that it gives us the opportunity to have more happen in a week for us to think about. <laughs> yeah, because we we were kind of circling a corpse there for a little bit. I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I, um, for a mockingbird update, rehearsals have been going really great and you know, we've made it through the entire show and there is always a point and this is kind of, I think I said this the last time to you about remembering, and I don't know if I said this on the podcast or not, who knows? I might've just been talking to you, but about it's all white noise remembering 30 minute mark anyway. Exactly. Um, just remembering that in the creative process that you have to have a lot of patience because you don't want to push people to be somewhere before they're ready to be there. Yeah. And I always forget that after <laughs> you block the show, like I always feel like I've blocked the whole show. The show is done. Yeah. It is not done. <laughs> because <laughs> Just because I said it in a blocking rehearsal doesn't mean that, people are going to do it. Yeah. So it's just remembering then like, oh, right. I need to be told things multiple times as well. So I understand this, that you might have been confused. And so now I'm going to not get to a frustrated place. And I'm going to be like, right, here we go. Now, this is what's what's happening here. So I just kind of always forget that, like, you know, the review process is also important. Mm hmm. Because I just jumped straight to, all right, we, we we blocked it. We're done. Let's act. Here we go. Yeah. Let's do it. But, yeah. I mean, I do feel like that the show is in a really great place. And I'm super, super stoked. And I can't wait to perform it. And I think that I, I just, you know, I just don't think with everything that we have planned that people are, I, I think it's going to be unlike anything that people have seen. Oh, 100%. And I'm just really excited about that, especially because we get to collaborate with 
a lot of different artists mm-hmm. on this one, and I'm really excited about that. Um, yeah, I, that's 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 where I'm at. Yeah, watching the um, the well, one you know the 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 kids are uh the ones who like seem lost so much because they're like wait they i thought i was doing this but for this. here's the thing like they have but, a lot of similar stuff to do oh no yeah and it is a <laughs> lot i mean the kids they're on the stage the so kids much drive the show i mean scout scout leaves the stage maybe two three times yeah and she's she's out there and you know what i'm i've just got such mad respect for this girl that's playing scout because she is working harder than I've seen professional actors work on a yeah. show. And she takes it so seriously and I'm just so impressed that at her age she is mature enough to to rise to the occasion and be like this story is so important and I am ready. I mean even at even at the um the photo shoot that we did. Yeah. She showed up, she was like wanting to make sure that she was in a like in the right space, headspace or whatever to take photos yeah that conveyed the feeling that we were going for because she knows that the show is important and that was one thing like a year ago she had come over and she and I talked about you know just the subject matter of the show because it is a little uncomfortable yeah. with the three kids just because we have to have these hard conversations that really is a parent to kid conversation mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like Hello, we are now going to talk about some very difficult things. You know what, though? I was talking about this with someone this morning, and we were talking about how parents will, like, shelter their kids from things. Yeah. But I just personally don't know that that's a healthy aspect. It's like, you don't know anything about the world then. Well, I and think you don't that know it's anything about other worldviews. Some areas, de- depending on where they are developmentally, like well, yeah, age. yes. I'm not saying like all at once tell them all the horrors of the yeah. world, but you you have to like you don't do let have information to let them out. Experience it. Yes, it's like not everyone is going to think the way that you do, and this sheltering and not allowing other points of view into yeah, their I think lives. That's the most important thing. Yes, is the ability to show other or like teach your kids or you know younger people that there are other experiences in this world and points of view and they should consider that and other people's feeling it's the empathy thing yeah well it's why it's i think so many empathy. people think that when like when we go off to co- or when people go off to college rather that you know they come back with a completely different worldview and they're like oh well they're just indoctrinating people and it's like is that not what was happening before then it's yeah it's I, not <laughs> you it's didn't not open them up to another experience coming back with you know that that they have been because uh, i got that a lot like i remember being told that a lot like oh you're going to a all those the the liberals at the college are doing this to you is like yeah. uh no i'm just you know meeting a lot of people and uh hearing different ideas Talking about it and becoming more informed. Yes. And having <laughs> so much of what I thought I was standing on being chiseled away. It's also like I'm never, ever going to think that being educated or overly educated in something is a bad thing. No. I'm not going to celebrate ignorance in any Again, sort of way. the information age. Yes. I'm not going to celebrate that. And I'm going to be empathetic to other people's worldview because it does not affect me. Yes. So... I can have my belief and I can have friends that have different beliefs. And that is awesome because if I didn't, then it would be super boring. <laughs> yeah. Like what would, there would be no conversation being you had. You want to sit around and agree all the time on a podcast across from, Wouldn't oh, that, no, 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 no. That, the problem is, is that in order to do that, I would have to actually be able to hear what you say. Oh, okay. But I cut you off. Before but that. no, I, no, I actually cut you off. Uh, uh, you were talking about our actress playing, um, scout no i'm just super crazy impressed with her yeah that she's able to get there and honestly i just think that it's and the other the other kids are doing truly awesome yeah I mean, they really are but she is definitely a cut above it's just I'm she doesn't just even so, have her script in her hand and she has most of the lines in the show she's just so like she's she's putting forth so much work mm-hmm. and i can see the work you know going into it um, and it's clearly very important to her. And she's the youngest. Yeah. And it's very important to her. I mean, she really believes like she doesn't just want to do the show for the accolades. And she's only like 11. Yeah. I mean, it's insane. And she's like, I, this is just such an important story. But, you know, even the actor that was playing that's playing Jim, 
Um, I got the I had the privilege of driving him home most of the time after rehearsal, and he is just so he's just such a ball of fun, um, and talks very fast. But mm-hmm. he was he was talking about how he he said to me in the car he was like. I just, you know, this is just such an intense show and I'm so excited that I get to be a part of it. And it's just crazy to think that people used to live like this. I mean, you know, like it's so sad. Like people had to have these types of experiences and like like they had to be afraid about, you know, the things they said or the way that they acted in front mm-hmm. of other people. And I was like, yeah, it was very sad. And I said, you know, what's even sadder is that we're we're still like there are still people that are experiencing the stuff that's happening in this show today. Yeah. And he was like, what? I was like, yeah, it doesn't go away. I mean, that's why we are still telling this story. It's yep. not like a, Hey, remember way back when, when there used to be racism? Won't it be a beautiful <laughs> time when this story is no longer timeless? Oh yeah. That would be amazing. That would be awesome. I mean, I, yeah, I if that that's one interesting thing. If I didn't think that this was this story was important, there's no way I would. Oh yeah, like if like if this if this was not an issue in my brain, I have no reason to want to ever perform it. Yeah, we could be doing Dracula. Yeah, we <laughs> <laughs> like there. Then I would just be seeking other 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 shows to do. But yeah. it's like I cannot believe that you know we're still here. And you know what's even wilder is he was like, I mean, this he did say something about the the fact that this this was so long ago. And I was like, dude, this was under a hundred years ago. Yeah. It's just like 70 years ago, 60, 70 years ago. Mm-hmm. He was like, What? I was like, Yeah, this is like the age of a grandparent. Yep. <laughs> he was just he could not understand that. It was like in his mind, he just thought, Oh, well, this must have been like hundreds of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know? I'm sure that, you know, kids his age think that, you know, 9-11 happened oh, that, 50, yeah, 60 years is, ago. It's wild to think, too. But it is just crazy that he's like, I just don't I just can't believe it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am just really impressed with all of them. I've also yeah. just, you know, all of our actors have been so great about taking this so seriously and telling the story because it is not easy to no. say the things that have to be said in the mm-hmm. show. And it's also not easy to say it in a way where, you know, as an actor, you're saying it with sympathy. Yeah. Because you can't separate the human element like your own. You yeah. can't separate your own your, yourself. It is it is hard to say certain things spitefully. Yes. And hatefully when it's like this is just not who it's I like am as a person. Even even Mrs. DeBose mm-hmm. has to tell Scout, don't say hey to me, you ugly girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> Mrs. DeBose is being played by my mother. And I think she relishes and in. No, no. No, my I, mom know. I know she does. said it, to but me the other day, it was about to say, you're going to get, you're going to get hunted. Yeah. She's going to come and my, talk to me. She said to me the other day, she said, it is so hard to look down at Lila at that sweet face mm-hmm. and call her an ugly girl. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, and that's the least of the terrible things you have to say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she said, yes, but I'm looking her right in the eyes and it's just so hard because she's so pretty. I'm yeah. It's like, like, I know, but you got to do it. I said, and also she's, she's acting. She knows you're not saying that. To me. Yes. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I know, but she's so good. So what do you say we get out of here? Yeah. I, uh, I kind of need to change my pants. Oh, is that that smell? What in the world? You took that to smell? What in the world? You said you need to change your pants. Being weird. I thought maybe you like I I poop my pants or I have been farting all day. I don't know. Oh my god! Anyway, that was Cody. Oh, you know what's so sweet? We did that on the first one on zero. Did you know that? We've done that. We have done this sign off from the very beginning. Really? Yes. The very very first episode zero. You're like I don't even know how we end this, and I was like I guess. We say that was Chris. But somewhere along the way, you started having to end it because I never shut up. So you just started saying, you started saying, what was it? That is Cody or that was Chris. Hey, are you, let's go. Let's leave. I don't know. (laughs) And that is Christophanopoulos. Woo!
Hı-hı.